Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. Today, I am here with Matt Osborne, and we are going to talk about Rhythm Section Want Ad. Here we go. How's it going? I'm doing good, Greg. How are you? I am great. Excited to have you on the show. I have been a big fan of your uh, drumming videos that you post on the Miscellaneous T uh, yeah? Facebook group. Yes. Because uh, that's something, you know, you see people post covers, you know, guitar covers or whatever else all the time. Um but you don't see that many uh, people putting drum videos on there. Yeah. I think it's pretty much just you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, uh, how long have you been playing drums? I mean, for, first of all, you're in you're in college right now, so you're yeah. how old? Uh, I just recently turned twenty one. So, just turned twenty one. Yes. How I envy you. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> when did you start playing drums? Well, let's see. Um, I actually started on the piano for a couple of years, and then I actually learned the drums in school from uh, the high school band director. I was in, still in middle school at the time, and he taught me. He doesn't work there anymore, so shout out to that guy if he's listening. Cause he pretty <laughs> you, much, you can say his name, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Give him a proper shout out. All right. Shout out to Alex Wimmer if you're watching. <laughs> he pretty much taught me everything. So there was like like sixth grade and like what were you like eleven yeah. twelve when you started twelve yeah I would have been like eleven or twelve yeah okay cool did you start right on the kit or did you start with just snare or Glockenspiel yeah. so I kind of did a little both so I did like I guess they call it like concert band so yeah like the snare and then like xylophone yeah. and all that stuff and then uh, I took private lessons like after school with uh, the guy so nice on, on kit yes yeah cool very nice yes i am a, a band teacher and have been for most of my years um beginning band and i've done i've had a lot of drum students as well um yeah and a good a good teacher can really make the difference because um you know with with, with drumming did did your teacher stress the uh 
stress the rudiments like uh i don't know if you listen to the marty beller episode or at least the teaser of it his his teacher was very into uh i think he said he had him on just a practice pad for like two years or yeah. something I'm like okay that's a little extreme but did your did your teacher stress the rudiments or did you just get right into doing uh yeah. beats and stuff like that yeah we kind of just got into the kit um i think the year before i started with him i also was taking private lessons with another guy for one summer and that was actually, mm-hmm. I think, the year I actually started playing drums, which was, like, 2008 or so. So, yeah, like, 10 years ago almost. Or actually 10 years ago. Yeah, man. 2008 seems like yesterday to me, and I just really feel older and older. Well, I just, I just, we just released the Door-to-Door Minotaur episode as of the recording of this, and Abby... Uh, She's turned 21 since the recording of that, but she is now, she's just turned 21 as well. Um, though she lives in England and she's been able to drink for a few years already. So it's yeah. not as big of a, not as big of a birthday over there. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, so, okay. So you're drumming um, in school. So were you doing like the, like, what what kind of stuff did you focus on? Were you doing like the concert band, jazz band, both a pep band? What kind of stuff were you doing? Oh, in school, so yeah, in middle school it was pretty much just concert band. When I got into high school, we did or in uh, middle school we also did a jazz band, but it was it wasn't really like a jazz band because we had like a hundred people in it. And we had like flutes <laughs> and clarinets, so it was kind of just like if you wanted to try out jazz band. So I didn't really start to get into like an actual like serious jazz man until high school and then okay. yeah i also did a little pep band in high school and a little in college as well so in high school we play on like the like the snare and bass drum but actually in college you play in an actual kid so it's pretty cool yeah 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 uh and uh have you been playing in uh bands outside of school too rock bands or anything else like that uh yeah um we didn't really get very far with one band, but we kind of just like hung out in the garage and played. Uh, Hell yeah! We had like this—it's—it was kind of like a talent show, but we had it like outdoors at our school. Um, and me and a couple guys—we just played some tunes. If you played Octopus's Garden, uh, <laughs> song by Pink Floyd, uh, some Billy Joel tunes. So yeah, it was pretty fun. Nice. <laughs> actually, actually, recently just uh, was at up at Norfolk at Northeast Community College, which isn't too far from here. And I was uh, I recorded a track for some guys. They're doing the cover of uh, "Paint It Black" by the Rolling Stones. So sweet, sweet. So, uh, so, so in so uh, Nebraska, you what town did you grow up in? Uh, I grew up in Omaha. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, I have. Played out there as well, but I've forgotten the names of the. I did, yeah. I played out there twice, once in a band I was drumming in, and then once in the band I'm in now. Like four years ago, we played. Oh, I could. I feel like it was like the Blue Light Tavern or something very generic like that. I'd have to look it up. Uh, I can tell you. Um, it's all a blur to me now. So in, enjoy it while you while you can before yeah. you get too old. Um, at least, at least I still feel like I'm I'm performing like physically on the drums. I feel like I can still do as much as I ever could. I haven't. I'm not that old yet. I'm not losing yeah. my uh, losing my chops quite yet. Uh, so, 
Okay, so cool. So, um, did you get into They Might Be Giants uh, uh, when you were younger? How, lo- how long have you been into the yeah, band? I'll say, like, They Might Be Giants is one of those bands, so, like, I knew the name, but I didn't. I only heard a couple songs as a kid, and I didn't know it was by them. Like, uh, I think one of the first memories I have of They Might Be Giants are, uh, way back in the day, PBS had, like, this, like, uh, share a story campaign or whatever, it basically like, encouraged kids to read, and they might be Jenks made a song for it. And I didn't know it was him at the time until, like, many years later. But uh, I was also a fan of Homestar Runner. I actually, didn't hear yeah. I actually didn't hear Experimental Film until a couple years later, but uh, the 200 female song I heard. And it was, I, I saw it was, like, song by They Might Be Jenks, and I was like, okay, I know them. And then... Yeah. I think a couple years after that, uh, we were at my friend hanging out for my friend's birthday, and one of my friends is just like, "Hey, you guys know this band called Might Be Giants?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've heard of them." And he just starts playing like uh, Triops has three eyes and a couple of the yeah. kids songs. So like, yeah. I, went home, I went home that night. So wait, how how old were you? How old were you then? Uh, what are I we would, talking? I would have been like. Four? 13 I think so yeah still in middle school uh huh yeah so I remember that night going home and looking up on Spotify like some songs and I just played like the guitar with your hair down 2082 and I'm like cause I was under the impression that they just made like kids songs right so I hear these songs and I'm just sure. like this sounds very weird for kids <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like at the time like I had never even heard Birdhouse in your soul yet so I yeah. didn't really know and then I think one day, my older sister was at her house, and like I was playing some MFB Giants, and she started singing like uh, I think like Istanbul or something. And I was just uh-huh. like, you know, they might be giants. She's like, yeah, they might be giants. They're old school. He's like, yeah, my, <laughs> my favorite song is yeah. Particle Man. <laughs> yeah, they they are old school, man. I mean, that I, I love hearing that. You know, the you younger generations are getting into them. Too, because just the fact that y- you had just been hearing about them and you could go on Spotify, like the fact that Spotify existed when yeah. you had first heard no of the band. Yeah, like Abby said, her first, the first album she had heard was Phone Power. I'm like, what? Like, it just like blew my mind. But, you know, I'm, I'm constantly reminded about how, you know, I, I mean, by the time I got into them, they were already a band for eight years. Well, I guess if they started in 83. I got into them in like '94, so they were already banned for 11 years when I got into them. Around yeah. uh, or '93, or maybe I got into them. I think between Apollo 18 and John Henry was when I first got into them. Um, so then, so that, so you got into them. The what would the the first album when you already knew about them? What was the the album that would have dropped then? Would it have been oh. Join Us? Yeah, Join Us. Yeah, and then like I kind of like kind of went away from that for the songs and I was just kind of like a couple years later like hey I need some new songs to listen to and I was like oh yeah I remember this Dr. Worm song and then after that Hell album, yeah. I think Nanobox was the newest album so I just like on Spotify I just did like an album like discography one and just listened to all those songs yeah it was <laughs> a pretty fun time I still remember that yeah yeah you know uh, Join Us and Nanobots are, are both really solid Albums. I mean, I could definitely see myself becoming a fan of the band in in this more what I call the modern era, really, because yeah. they're still they're still great. I mean, 
getting into them in Apollo 18, you know, I go back and listen to those and, and, you know, it's all, you know, you can obviously tell it's the same band, but like the, the two, the, the two piece, the John's, uh, version of the band obviously sounds way different from a drummer's perspective because it was all programmed drums. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and it's hard for me to, to actually think about what it would be like to someone who's not a drummer. Like if you played them, I mean, not that like their drum machines were all eighties drum machines, so yeah. they didn't sound super realistic, but mm-hmm. like, would most people notice that? I don't know. Yeah. Like if you played them a song off flood and then a song off join us, would they be like, Oh, well, that one had, you know, fake drums. And this one has real drums. I, I, I've always, it seems like I've always been a drummer. So I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, that really separates the albums for me is the, the live drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. Cause when I was listening to like, you know, like the duo albums, I had no idea, like, um, it was a drum machine until I like started like going on the wiki. So that was pretty interesting. I was like, those are like program drums. Drum. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, there there's somewhere it'll sound, you know, like a more kind of human beat. Yeah. But a lot of the times, like, I think they were trying to make it sound like something that a human couldn't do. Like they wanted it to be like something bizarre or something that, that you know, a human drummer wouldn't naturally think of. Like, um, I mean, but then it's really cool to hear how the live drummers do the old stuff. Like, I remember first hearing Severe Tire Damage. I hadn't yet seen them live personally. I had only been into them for a few years, you know, and and hearing Severe Tire Damage, hearing, you know, um, that would have been Dan Hickey at the time, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, doing, uh, like, Birdhouse with all the just, like, the Tom work and um, making those drum machine tracks real. And I, that, that was yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and I think that's like the hardest part about being a drummer for them at the Giants because you really got to know those like drum machine parts. And I mean, like, I guess like Marty doesn't always play them exactly like the drum machine. That's uh, kind of why I prefer some of the drum machine songs over when they're played live now. Like, Statue got me high. Like, I know that drum part so well. I love that yeah. drum machine part so well. Like, I prefer it over like Marty or Dan or Brian playing that. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Well, when I talk to Marty again, I'll have to tell him that he's not quite up to snuff for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's such a nice guy; he wouldn't care. Um, but yeah, I, I think the the Johns do sound like they they give a lot of leeway to the drummers to yeah. you know as long as they keep the the feel of the song and the you know the style of the song intact. I think they're allowed to. Kind of make it their own, which as a drummer is cool. I mean, sometimes it's fun to kind of play like a machine and and, and try to get it like so locked in. Yeah. Um, but you got to think about like, you know, Marty's also, you know, he's, they went on such a long tour this past year, like how many times he would have had to have played Birdhouse. It's like, you know, you're probably going to want to stretch out a little yeah. bit, maybe throw, throw some different fills in there and stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah, it seems like you, you, uh, do you, do you just put on a They Might Be Giants album and just kind of drum along? Oh, good question. So I kind of just think of, like, songs I'd like to do, kind of listening. That's why I always tell people, like, hey, like, you can suggest songs because, like, there are some songs. Yeah. Like, uh, someone suggested me Rest a While, and I've never heard that. I, I listen to them, and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, that's awesome. But, like, <laughs> to answer your question, I guess, sometimes, like, with my new kid, like, I can plug an Oxford into it and you can just like play music and like it'll have the music play with your drums and i just plug it in through my headphones so yeah like 
I'll just like look up the NFB Giants on YouTube and just like let it go. So yeah. Yeah, nice. So, uh, so you got an electronic kit uh, yeah. there with you and at, at at college? Uh, actually, not at college. Just back at home. That's actually oh, okay. a good question. I should bring up one point. So the sure. the drum covers I make are pre-recorded. So in other words, ninety nine percent of the time they're not like uh, made to upload them. So like, right? If you guys remember that uh, one post I made about like, uh, I said like, what should my next drum cover be? Like, all those comments, I was able to, like, when I, I actually went home that day for the weekend, all of those uh, suggestions I was able to knock out and record in one day, like, record and edit. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's a nice. lot more efficient using the electronic kit than uh, acoustic kit. And I may actually make a video, like, one day explaining how I make my dream covers and stuff. So I'm sure I can oh, I haven't seen that yet. interested. So I know I get a lot of questions, like, how do you do this? How do you do that? So... Right. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah, I'll t- I mean, I've got a. I mean, you're looking at me in my recording studio right here. Yeah, I've got, I get I get a lot of people that come to my studio just b- because mainly because they can't get a good real drum sound because recording real acoustic drums is a pain in the ass, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I'm getting pretty good at it. Um, so people have started to pay me at least a little bit to uh to do that for them which is nice <laughs> on occasion <laughs> yeah um yeah 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 totally um though i did just have this band come to me that uh sent me tracks they're like we need help mixing this and they sent it to me and i'm like oh what's a, how did you record the drums and they're like oh it's an electronic kit i'm like oh that's <laughs> like i'm like I, I knew something i'm like like it sounds a little like the symbols symbols are tough on electronic kits. You know, something something about the symbols is always a little weird to me, but your covers sound good. What what kind of kit uh, what kind of electronic kit you got? It's an Elysius Crimson 2 kit. And actually a fun fact, uh the Johns actually use an Elysius drum machine for Lincoln. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that brand's been around quite a while. Yeah. That's uh I did not know that. Yeah. Um, so, being two drummers here, I, I think you, you picked, picked a pretty good song. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, how did you decide on rhythm section one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess all the good out of, ones. Are, out of all the songs, there's so many songs. All the good ones are taken. No. <laughs> um, no, this is a great one. Yeah. Um. Good question. I guess. It's a good closer to the album. Like, I just really yeah. like how Flans is going like, no, 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 during the, <laughs> that part. Uh, totally. <laughs> I like that little classic fill that happens before the song starts. That's very, like, 80s, like, drum machine. And it's got it's got the electronic claps in there, too, doesn't it? It's like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some, sometimes uh, a drum machine claps, uh, depending on the song, are almost cooler than real hand claps. Those 80s, 80s hand claps. Uh, so, yeah, so let's talk about... Um, how, about we, how about we talk about the musical arrangement first? So we, we're talking about the um, the drums a lot, of course. What, what, what else do you like musically about this song before we get into like the, uh, the, the lyrics? Uh, um, I guess the big part for me... I like the song so much is like the powerhouse section in the middle. 
Like, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we should explain that. You're saying the powerhouse section. You want to uh, tell tell people what yeah. we're talking about, assuming so, that not everyone just reads the wiki like a novel, like we do. Yeah. So if you've ever seen Looney Tunes, it's that song that's like da Yeah, I'll drop a I'll drop a little clip in. So it's yeah. by Raymond Scott, and it's yes. a very old song. And did you did you know uh, did you know anything about that before? You didn't know what it was called before you saw it in the wiki, did you? No, because like, I don't think anyone. I, <laughs> I know a lot of people. Like I know I was talking to some guy on the miscellaneous key page because he posted something by Raymond Scott, and he's like, "Well, yeah, but most people like from my generation know it from the Looney Tunes, but like yeah. I I'd never heard it from Looney. Tunes. I, I probably had, but." You know, it's like one of the songs you've heard before. Right. It was released in 1937. Super, super old. They call the genre avant-garde jazz, which I guess I could see that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's an instrumental song. And the B-side is a song called The Toy Trumpet. Now I'm curious about that. <laughs> so, yeah, Scott's, uh, Scott's quintet, though it was actually a sextet, first recorded powerhouse in New York on February 20th, 1937. Um, okay. It eventually got released by Columbia after a couple smaller labels uh, went out of went under went under, and uh, yeah. So both both Powerhouse and the Toy Trumpet. I I think I'm gonna have to listen to that. It says they were both adapted for Warner Brothers cartoons, uh, so I'll have to see what that one sounds like. Um, and there have been a lot of covers of this apparently, and people using them in different scores. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And a lot of different tempo changes and stuff. Like you have to go like over a minute into the song to find that, um, iconic little, little line. So, um, I know when they play it live now too, they kind of like slow it down and it's kind of more like jazzy, I guess. And I kind of prefer Makes sense. Yeah. I actually kind of prefer that over the recording. And I read in the wiki that, like, the John said that, like, they didn't even, like, get the part right in the song. But it sounds fine to me. So yeah. Good yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, Flansbrick said, it's a super tricky song. We didn't even get that little part right. Because people were asking if they were going to do, a, a like, an actual cover oh, yeah, of the song. Sure. And he said, no, we screwed up. <laughs> um, yeah, there's other little things in the wiki here. I always, always got to start at the wiki. So it's saying John, according to John Andrews um, from the Mundanes, which is which was John Linnell's band before they might be Giants. Apparently, uh, uh, JL started spontaneously singing this one day uh, while they were working in a New York AV house uh, together. Shortly after the formation of They Might Be Giants, uh, so. I don't know, you think right off the bat you think they were getting getting crap from people like where's your drummer? Oh yeah, definitely. 
Because I mean, like, even in the in even in the 80s, because you know, in the mid 80s, drum machines were big. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Lots of bands had drum machines, or like they would have a live drummer hitting, you know, real, you know, electronic sounding, yeah, yeah. you know, an electronic kit like Devo or something. Mm-hmm. Um, why were they getting so much crap for not having a drummer? Why, like, uh, obviously it was it was bugging John Linnell right from the start, like, you know. You know, we don't need a rhythm section, and you know we're yeah. we're, we're good, just the two of us. <laughs> why were they Why were they getting so much crap? Because they were more of a rock oriented band. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, like I wasn't alive back then when that stuff was popular, but I think it was. <laughs> I mean, like like you said, a rock band. Most people are like you know, singer, bass player, lead guitar, rhythm guitar, and drums. Like, but it was just like a guitar, an accordion, and a drum machine. So I could see how like people could be like, where's your drummer if you're a rock band? And I always think that, right. like, calling Dead If We Jacks a rock band, it's kind of, I can't think of the right word, but I don't think it's, like, uh, I don't think it's a good word to call them that, because, like, you could argue that, <laughs> I mean, like, you could argue that, oh, well, like, the Beatles are rock, but they did, like, a lot of other things, but, like, they were, like, pop and, you know, so... Sure. I yeah, I mean they're I mean they're a very hard band to nail down, and I think that's why they appeal to um, so many of us, you know, musically minded people because we're you know maybe would get more bored by a band that, that stays in in a box in one genre where you know the the Giants it's like you, you can f- fall under the the loose umbrella of rock or pop, yeah. and then you'll you've I mean I've heard them defined as dozens of things. But then even outside of that, they'll do songs that have hip hop elements or, you know, dance music elements or like little country songs. I mean, there's, there's yeah. they can I mean, the kind of the, their big advantage is that they've created um, they have never created a box to put themselves into. They, they could just they can do whatever they want. And, uh, uh, you know, us fans are never going to be like. Well, that didn't sound like the last one, like because none of, you know, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they, they, they've they've really uh they set themselves uh, up pretty well like right from the start playing so many different kinds of things uh so that they never got uh you know pigeonholed into any one thing so um i am a i'm, I'm an accordion player as well so i'm always a big fan of the songs that feature accordion so when you've got a, a song with a very strong um I mean, for for being called rhythm section one, I mean, you, you can tell like when they program the drums, they're probably like, okay, we got to make this a really kick-ass, you know, drum machine part to be like, hey, we don't need a live drummer. Listen to how kick-ass, you know, we can make oh, these yeah. drums. So then it's got these awesome drums, and then it's got that cool accordion uh, stuff throughout the whole song. It's got cool uh, tempo changes, or not really tempo changes, but feel changes where it'll go to like a double time snare, oh, yeah. you know, from a back from a backbeat to like an on the beat double time. A lot of uh, changing around um, throughout the one song. It's not a long song at all. Oh yeah, definitely. That's what I kind of like about the MFG Giants, to be honest. Their songs aren't very long, and I guess I don't know if you want to move into lyric wise yet for this song or sure, yeah, for, for any for songs it. in general. I just think it's so easy to remember the MFG Giants songs because, like, okay, I'll be honest. It's not something you like. Their lyrics, like, it's not something you hear every day from like. I don't know, mainstream, conventional. Uh, I guess that could be debatable, because, I mean, like, there are a lot of, like, bands out there with some 
really, really out out there like lyrics. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I just clicked on the the lyric tab here on the wiki, and there's one thing that I guess I never looked at this in. The booklet. I mean, I've got I've got uh, the first album on vinyl, which I got later. I originally heard it on the Then Collection, which is a two disc CD set. I don't know if you've ever seen that. That came out in yeah. '97. They collected the yeah both the, the first two albums and all the the miscellaneous T uh, B sides and EP stuff. Um, but right right at the beginning, okay. So <clears throat> um, there's a place for those who love their poetry. It's just across from the sign that says prose only. Now I always assumed that poetry and so prose being you know more like storytelling, like a story, and poetry. Obviously, we know what poetry is. But in the lyrics here, it says prose, like as in professionals, P R O S. Yeah. Where I assumed it was P R O S E. Oh. Maybe that's maybe maybe that's the play on words, but I I just assumed it was. I mean, I guess maybe it's saying both. I just always assumed it was spelled like P R O S E. And now I want to go look up in the booklet upstairs, but I'm assuming whoever put it up on the wiki got it from a good source. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that just clicking over that—that that was my first first impression. Um, so the, they list uh, all these things, like for people who are watching them, maybe you know picking apart the band, like oh well you you don't have this, so you don't have this, you know you don't have a rhythm section, but you also you know you don't have a chick singer, you don't have a wall of trombones. Um, I'm wondering if you know who uh, Menudo are for one. Can't say I have. Okay, uh, Menudo is like a, um, I guess you'd call them a Latin pop band uh, from the '80s. Let me let's let's just take a look, Menudo, real quick. I'm trying to think of what one of their hits would be. Let's see, a Latin boy band. Um, yeah, Puerto Rican based a Latino boy band that was formed in the 1970s by producer Eduardo Diaz. Uh, they were one of the biggest Latin boy bands in history. They released their first album in 1977. I didn't think they were that early. Um, the group disbanded in 2009. What? How did... Yeah, and, and so the biggest thing that people, at least of my age, would know is that Ricky Martin uh, started in Menudo. So, yeah, I know that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Living la vida loca. He was in the band from uh, 84 to 89, so he would have been really, really young then. Uh, okay, so let's see. What were their big hits? I'm gonna, I'm, I got to play something here. What was one of their big hits? Um, you know what? Let's play uh, Fuego. I want to hear a song about Fuego. fire. Fuego.
and then it mentions uh, a band, MDC, which I was aware of um, because of the other weird stuff that I listened to. But do you know who MDC is? MDC is, but not MDC. MDC, yeah. Man, someone should do a mashup called Run MDC. Uh, MDC stands for Millions of Dead Cops, and it is a hardcore band uh, from the 80s. Uh, real screamy kind of, I don't know, I mean, along the lines of, if you know, Black Flag or uh, Circle Jerks or mm-hmm. um, early Husker Du. I'm pretty big into punk stuff, too. But uh, Millions of Dead Cops, MDC. Um, I think they sometimes change their name around with the acronym, but I, I think the most f- the name they're famously known for is Millions of Dead Cops because that, I think, got them a lot of attention. It's a pretty oh, yeah. prov- provocative name. Uh, let me... Let me just go ahead and play, um, let's play, oh, let's play Violent Rednecks. Let's see what that sounds like. Um, yeah, it reminds me of kind of like, I don't know, kind of like 80s punk. I can't think of like any bands it reminds me of, but... Yeah, it's um. So they formed in uh, Austin, Austin in 1979, um, but then later ended up in California. Wait, currently, ba- are they still going too? They're still going. They reformed in 2000. They're now in Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, they were uh, a really fast hardcore band and a lot of um, very left uh, political ideas. Uh, and for for the time, I mean, they had they had a lot of songs about animal rights, gay rights, transgender rights, um, racial equality, anti capitalist stuff. Um, so definitely of the political realm along the lines of um, well, they released stuff through uh, Dead Dead Kennedy's uh, Jello Biafra, his record label Alternative Tentacles, released some of their stuff, um, and that makes sense because uh, Dead Kennedys are a very political band. As well. So, are you not into the punk rock? I'd say I'm into the punk rock, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'd say like Green Day, and then I don't know. People just walk away. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is definitely uh, uh, different than, than yeah. Green Day. There's, I mean, I mean, it's like what we were saying. Like, you know, lumping, you know, saying that they might be giants or a rock band. It's like you know, saying Green Day is a punk band and MDC is a punk band that would both be accurate statements, but they are very different. Uh, in in you know melodic ideas you know the lyrical content um yeah i mean there, there's overlap but uh they're very different bands um so that's funny like going back to the lyrics so name dropping uh, menudo a latin boy band and then mdc a political hardcore band <laughs> so they're saying someone watching them if you like a band with a chick singer a wall of trombones if you like the latin boy band if you like hardcore and we salute you the way we know by by playing this song just as a duo. I think it's that's just a hilarious list of things to group together. 
I, I'm thinking Linnell was probably like, what What are four of the, the most different things that I could say, things that we aren't, that are just way off in each direction uh, musically? <laughs> uh what do you make of the uh, the section about the um, <laughs> the the hats off section? Hats, no, no, sorry, is that the hats off to everyone with dollar signs in his eyes? You might be wondering. Uh, a little, little past that, hats off to the new age hairstyle made oh. of bones. Hats off to the use of hats as megaphones. <laughs> so hairstyle made of bones. I was never quite sure what to make of that. Um, if that means new age hair, so a new age hairstyle. I mean, I guess just like really stiff hair that was, has a lot of a lot of product in it. So I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm googling. Uh, let's see, <laughs> hairstyle made of bones. It just makes. I mean, just like a lot of product in it. Like it's just really stiff hair. Or I mean, I Google this and I see people that are dressed up like the Flintstones that have a yeah, bone in their hair. That's what I was. That's the first thing that came to mind for me whenever I hear that lyric. Oh, here's here's a Pinterest page about hair accessory, natural hair access, accessories. Antler, bone, deer horns, red fox claws. Yeah. Ew. That's weird. That's weird. Oh, and I guess there's a kind of braid that's a fishbone hair braid. I don't know. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Hairstyle made of bones. And hats as megaphones always just made me think of like a dunce cap. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, and I love the the couple of the speak softly, drive a Sherman tank, laugh hard, it's a long way to the bank. Uh, is a great rhyme right there. Because um, I think the speak softly, I believe it was Teddy Roosevelt, speak softly and carry a big stick. I think that was his phrase. Uh, and then obviously the um, laugh all the way to the bank, saying laugh hard, it's a long way to the bank. Speaks now. Now I need to confirm that to make sure I got that right. Yeah, I know that. Speaks uh, softly. I know the last part, it's on the way to the bank, is like a play on the phrase laughing all the way to the bank or something like that. Yeah, Forget yeah, that. definitely. Yeah, laughing all the way to the bank is just one of those things I don't think is attributed to any one person because it's yeah. just a common thing about you know capitalist thing like that you know duped people out of their money uh yeah so it was teddy roosevelt speak softly and carry a big stick um about his uh the big stick policy which in today's uh vernacular just sounds sexual (laughs) got my big stick policy right here (laughs) if you know what i mean oh boy uh, what what else in the, the the lyrics speaks to you? They name some other uh, references that are that are dated or at least are of the time. Yeah, yeah I guess when I think of do you sing like all of what on purpose? Is that like from Popeye? Or yeah, have you never have you ever seen Popeye? Uh, actually, can't say. I know I know of Popeye, but like I can't say I've ever seen it—an episode or a cartoon. Uh, she's very high and whiny kind of voice, I suppose. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely something people would have said as an insult. Um, all the characters in Popeye have great, uh, very iconic voices. Let me see. Yeah, so they're not they're not saying it as a compliment. <laughs> oh, Popeye! Oh, look at that lovely necklace! <laughs> 
I mean, who are they talking about there? Flans or Linnell? <laughs> I mean, both of them have been accused of having nasally voices or whatever. I like to say they have reedy voices because they... I mean, it's 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 hard to describe someone's voice other than comparing it to another voice. So here, the person is comparing them to an old cartoon woman's voice. Yeah. <laughs> of course, my my ever loving dad, who loves the MIP Giants, has always complained about their voice. Did you, did you do air quotes when you said he loves yes. the MIP Giants? Yes. So he doesn't love the MIP Giants. Yeah. So I guess for anybody listening. Uh, who isn't on the miscellaneous Steve Facebook page. I talk about my dad sometimes and, like, just some of the conversations we have because, like, he does not like they might be giants. And I'll, like, <laughs> I don't know, sometimes I'll, like, just quote a line from a song and I'll be like, that sounds like a they might be giants song. So. <laughs> what is what, what kind of music is your dad into? Oh, he's just like me. He loves a lot of classic rock. Uh, his favorite band is Foreigner. Um, All right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's also in the Lincoln Park. Uh, recently, he actually went to go see Ed Sheeran. Believe it or not. Uh, wow. <laughs> last semester. Uh, last did fall. Him, did did he give him shit for that or? Uh... <laughs> nah, I don't mind Ed Sheeran. <laughs> he's have, a good guitar uh, player. That, like Echo Dot thing, and he always plays Ed Sheeran. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> despite despite having differences in Big Giants, we pretty much agree on our musical taste and i actually have found one song that he does like uh she's an angel so okay all right so he likes the the ballads yeah. <laughs> did it well which version did you play him because i'm played, a pretty big fan of the severe tire damage version i played him the original from the okay yeah album. i i love the tuba in uh oh yeah in the severe tire damage version i actually thought that was just like him on a synth like Linnell, but then i watched the video of like them playing another song from around the time, and it actually is a tuba. So, oh yeah, respect oh, yeah. to them for getting an actual tuba. Oh player. yeah, they they got they got friends to play uh, brass. Um, so then uh, another band they reference here. Are you familiar with the Eurythmics? Yes, Sweet Dreams are made of these. Yes, there's always a uh, version that... of uh, Winter Wonderland that I'd always hear on the radio as a kid. So uh-huh. like that. So. Yeah, I think I should play something by them. Oh well, how about this? Let's let's play a little something other than "Sweet Dreams." Here's one. Since uh, we were just talking about uh, "She's an Angel," let's play. They have a song called "There Must Be an Angel." Hmm. I can't even say what this sounds like off the top of my head, but I'm going to drop that in. All right.
I, I think that would be something someone might have said to them just because the Eurythmics is a duo with a drum machine. So I did not know that. Yes. Now I can relate a little bit because my well my, my longer running band, Outdoor Valor, it was me and my wife just as a duo for um six and a half years. Uh, and we didn't have a drum machine, uh, spare for like a couple tracks. It was my, I would play the drums on the albums and then we would take the drum tracks off the album and pump those through the PA while oh. I would play guitar live and she would play bass. So essentially I, I was playing everything, you know, on the, on the albums minus the bass and some other brass stuff that my wife plays. Um, but since people saw us like hitting play on an iPod or whatever, they're like, oh, you should get a live drummer. Like I'm, I'm like, I am the drummer, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Back off, dude. But now, now we do have a, we're a five piece now. Oh, nice. I always say, I always say we're in our John Henry era. We actually have two <laughs> saxophonists in the band. Do you have uh, three people with the same name? <laughs> uh no, no. You know, I, I tried, I tried. <laughs> now we've got a, we've got a Steve, a Joe, and an Andy. Very, uh, we're a bunch of normal. White guy names over here, yeah. I think. Those are easy um, names to remember. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, th- them ending up with three Dans is pretty, pretty yeah, hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I mean, having two coming off out of the band Lincoln, and they're like, well, oh, yeah. let's add one more Dan. Let's get one more in here. It'd just be funny to walk into a room and go, Dan! And they're like, well, three turn their heads. Yeah. <laughs> John! Wait, what? Uh Okay, that the full the full house, two Johns and three Dans. The glasses one, which one? Uh, okay, so let's see. Um, I think so. The rest of the lyrics mainly uh, do some repeating and stuff like that. Um, you were talking about the the classic the Flans Flansburg's input into the song. Oh yeah. The no 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 no. What's funny about that is now that we've talked about Popeye, uh, he's kind of doing a Popeye. Oh voice. yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't know if that's just a, a coincidence or not. I'm just hearing that because we just talked about Popeye. But no 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 no. I will gladly play you pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic line. Uh, have you looked at? Uh, it's always, it's always uh, fun and sometimes hilarious to look at the interpretations tab on the wiki. Have you oh, looked yeah. at it for this song? I have, I have not for this one. Yeah, well, well, let's just take a gander here and see if there are any worth uh, worth talking about. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of obvious stuff here. Like, yeah, the producers thinking they'd be more successful with a traditional band setup. Yes. I'm looking for the goofy interpretations. I think this one's maybe a little... It's almost a straightforward song for them and that it's the, the message is clear. Like, we yeah. are a duo. We don't need anyone else. Sorry if you want us to sound like this. We don't. You know, it's not really... Um, I mean, there's a lot of weird... Uh, or a lot of cool wordplay and weird references, but it's not really like, hmm, I wonder what the song is about, like, like most of their songs. Yeah. I've always thought, and I don't think most people think of this, but my interpretation is like... The word want ad is supposed to be wanted, kind of like a play in words. So it's like ribbon section hmm. wanted. Really? No others need apply to the ribbon section wanted. So, hmm. Is that really... something that, like, that you thought that you, that's what you heard the first time? That's what you thought it uh, was? Or? Uh, the first time I actually heard it was ribbon section want ad, but, you know, after listening to, I actually didn't think of this until not too long ago, but. Thinking about they might be giants and how like, uh, you know, the puns are thrown like 
the world's address. It's a place that's warned. I was kind of thinking along the lines of, oh, something like that. So, like, movement section uh-huh. wanted. But I guess I never really thought of it in the context of, like, they are just two Johns with a drum machine. Like, we don't need this yet. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess my my band, I mean, my wife played the bass, so that's part of the rhythm section. So we never got asked oh, where yeah. our rhythm section, we just got asked where our drummer was. And we, uh, do we even, <laughs> one time we were playing a show, it was like a, a, a restaurant or a bar that had like a patio, and we were out on the patio and playing, and some guy comes up, um, so we, we were playing with this other band and the other band had a drummer. So we let them just set up their drum set behind us. We're like, we'll just, we'll just set up in front. You guys can have your drums ready to go. Um, and so the guy comes up, he's like, well, I can play the drums. You want me to get back there with you? We're like, no, thanks buddy. And like, he comes up again, he comes up again, like a few songs later. We're like, no, <laughs> like, like, how do I not like, just like push this guy out of the way? I'm like, he's like up in my face. You know, there's like no stage. We're just like on the, you know, on the, the patio. There's no stage. You know, he's coming like right up to me, like right in between songs, just comes up and starts a conversation. And then, uh, during, I believe, our last song, he puked all over the patio. <laughs> oh, God. What a way to br- yeah. yeah. Well, then there was another band. Someone came out between uh, the bands and hosed, hosed down the patio. <laughs> I can play drums. And, like, he's wanting to hop on someone else's drum kit. Like, I'm like, that's not even my drum kit. And yeah. I don't think he would want you playing. You probably you know, you get, <laughs> puked all over the drums. <laughs> It'd be a lot harder to clean. Yeah, that would suck. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know if there's really much to talk about in the interpretations here. I mean, it's a lot of, okay, music industry rant, a bunch of stuff like that. I mean, mostly stuff we pretty much already pondered, the two of us. Um, So I guess, unless you got anything else there, we could go into uh, the covers section. Okay. All right, then that's what we shall do. The first one we're going to hear is uh, a lady named Marianne. And Marianne McCrow, uh I've had on an episode. And here I, I find her cover of Rhythm Section Wanted from 10 years ago. Yeah, I think I've watched that at one point. Yeah. And yeah, on YouTube, uh, Marianne is MCTRMT. Yeah. McTrumt. Marianne McTrow, uh, she's got, whoa, she's got, uh, she's creeping up on 7,000 views on this. It's listed as Go 80s Rhythm Section Wanted. And uh, she, her specialty is a ukulele. And she was on the episode for Spiraling Shape. And she did a cool cover of Sp- I saw that one. Just for, uh, yep, she did it just so we could play it on our episode. Yes. Um so, so right now, let's play a little Marianne uh, ukulele cover of Rhythm Section Want Ed. Rhythm section wanted 
may or may yeah. not also have a cover on YouTube of that song too. I can't remember if, if I uploaded it to YouTube or not. So, I, like I said, it, it was like from last summer. It may or may not be up there. I can't remember if I only posted it to the Facebook group or to both. Yeah, about that. So, last summer I worked at a, a camp, and so uh -huh. um, I was there from Sunday afternoon to like Friday afternoon. So I just come home and uh, like the rest of Friday and Saturday I just record. So um, one, I was just so excited to get home that I forgot to turn the lights on, so it's really dark in the video. And like uh, at the end of the week, they we hand out shirts and kids can sign them. And I couldn't have people sign on my shirt, so I was sad. So I had people sign on my arm, so like you can see like markings in my arm. Yeah, yeah, I'm video. looking at it right now. <laughs> oh, see, I'm looking at it right now. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I found it. Yeah, so let's go ahead and play that. This guy named Matt Osborne put up... I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, I don't know. But he put up some drum cover. Let's check it out. <laughs> Marty Beller on the drums, ladies and gentlemen. So your channel is just Matt Osborne, so that's yeah. easy to find. O-S-B-O-R-N, no, U or E. Not related to Ozzy, unfortunately. <laughs> I know, I, I was like, yeah. Matt, Ozzy Osborne, I'm fucking I around. I to mention, so my, <laughs> older, my older brother actually carries around the Ozzy nickname. Oh, really? Yeah, he actually, because, uh, you know, when he was, in, he was in middle school a couple of weeks before I was, and so, yeah. like, my teach, his teacher's like, oh, Osborne, like Ozzy, so he's kept that name like ever since wow. middle school. Like, people still call him that. <laughs> nice. So I found, I think, I think I really just found one other cover. Cat two five two zero, Cat twenty five twenty. About three and a half years ago, posted a cover here, and she says she's just learning the guitar. Uh, I think she does pretty well on it, but her voice sells it for sure. Yeah, I just sent you a link to that. Yeah, that's Carrie Hearn from the Facebook page. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's Carrie. Yeah, because I was watching. Oh, she did. She. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, Carrie, 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 and I have been talking on Twitter a lot, um, but really, I've haven't seen her what she looks like all that much really <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Sounded familiar, so. yeah okay so cat yeah so let's check out uh carrie hearn's cover of rhythm section one at cat 2520 
your time to do mistakes and to rhyme. There's a place for those who love their poetry. It's just across from the silence, it's prose only. So if you're a man with a chick's in your say, a cup of tea is a wall of trombone. Take a game, then you know what MDC is a witch of the way we know. For everyone with all his signs in his eyes, it must be hard who look at you as if you're some kind of rhythm section wanted. Not others need apply to the rhythm section wanted. I'll tell you why. Hats off to the witch hairstyle made of bones. Hats off to the use of hats. As megaphone speaks softly, drive a Sherman tank. Left hard, it's a long way to the bank. Do you sing like olive oil on purpose? You guys must be in the Eurythmics. For everyone with all their signs and his eyes, it must be hundreds who look at you as if you're some kind of rhythm section wanted. No others need apply to rhythm section wanted. Yeah, I like her voice. She's got a nice uh, alto range. Definitely. And and to say, you know, I'm learning guitar and then pick that song, the chord changes are so quick. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a challenging one right there to pick. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, Carrie's great. Um, she What song did she pick? She's going to be on an episode. Let me see. If I scroll through my spreadsheet, see if I can find her. Um... um because we just uh, two episodes ago, I played uh, her string arrangement of "By the Time You Get This." Oh, nice! Where is she? Very cool. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode from last week, um, Carrie, where are you? There's too many songs to scroll through. Well, she's gonna be on something that that much I know. She'll be on an episode. Yeah, I love having different uh, musicians who play different instruments on to talk about songs that have cool parts uh, that they are have the vocabulary to talk about, <laughs> you know. Uh, do, yeah, I don't know. Are there any other covers? I don't know if... Uh, let me do a quick SoundCloud search. Sometimes that'll turn up stuff that's not elsewhere. Rhythm section won't end... All right, so I, I found this on SoundCloud, El Planador. Uh, El Planador looks like uh, it's three guys, and uh, Jared, Owen, and James, and then uh, I'm assuming a fictional person named El Planador who is credited with doing the no, 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 no's. <laughs> so we got a little three, three-piece rock trio here. Pretty kick-ass cover. Check that out. There's lots of room to roam Plenty of time to turn mistakes into rhyme There's a place for those who love their poetry It's just across from the sign that says prose only So if you like a band with a chick, say or say Cup of tea is a wall of trombone If you dig minute or FDC We salute you the way we know For everyone with dollar signs in his eyes There must be hundreds who look at you As if you're some kind of room Some kind of real sexy water 
Oh, nice. This paradise section sounds really good. Yeah. I actually kind of prefer the kind of double time fast over the like kind of laid back swell kind of style they do with that section now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. The punchy drums for sure. Oh, yeah. All right. Is there anything else we didn't cover with this song that you would like to talk about? I guess one thing is, I guess, especially on this album, the Pink album, I would say there are a lot of times where, like, I cannot understand what the Johns are saying. Like, thank God for lyrics. Like, not to kind of diverge from this song, another song on the album, Puppet Head. I know there's one part, I think, in the second verse that, like, I can never understand what the plans are saying. The, so. What have, have you cracked the code? What part are you talking about? <laughs> um, you have to look it up. <laughs> okay, so it's well, it's a mighty zombie talking up soon. Wait, not that part. Uh, ads. Okay, here's the part I'm talking about. Ads up in the subway are the work of someone trying to please their boss, and they the, the guys with pig. We all know what he wants. It's just to please somebody else. Like he just sings that part a little too fast for me. I think oh, the whole thing's fast. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. And then, like, with Broken Section 1, and it's just, uh, there's one part you were talking about, like, the wall trombones and, like, singing chicks and stuff. Like, I've actually never heard that before, just because it's so fast. <laughs> yeah, and the, the MDC, like, the way he sings MDC is, like, it sounds like like you're not... You wouldn't immediately pick up on him saying that he's saying an acronym MDC. You're like, MDC? What's MDC? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> if you dig Menudo or MDC, we salute you the way we know. Like, it's a very kind of jaunty rhythm um, that it does make it very hard to understand. They they really did go rapid fire with the lyrics in the in those oh, early yeah. days, it seems like, especially. Um, like, uh, I'm going to be talking about Dinner Bell with uh, Leslie Gower. And that the whole section with um, I don't know whether I'd rather be having it, oh, yeah. you know, and it has all the different foods there. It's like the I think they're like yeah, they were just cramming as many syllables into these songs as they could. About that song, uh, that part, I remember I, I would have been about sixteen or so, I think, when I heard that song for the first time. I remember just sitting in my room trying to memorize that part because I loved it so much. Oh yeah, it's around. it's probably a top ten. Probably top 10 song for me, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Apollo 18 was my first album, and that's always been my, my favorite. It just stuck yeah. with me. And that, that song there. I'd say either Apollo 18 or John Henry for me. They're both really nice. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any wrong answer. Um, I mean, if someone said, like, uh, The Escape Team was their favorite album, that I'd be like, really? Yeah. Like, not that it's bad, but, like, that would be a really weird choice. And for someone to pick, or like My Murdered Remains, something that's just a couple months old, to pick and say that's your first, your favorite album, th- yeah. that would be maybe something I'd be like, no, oh, uh, are you sure? <laughs> uh, so, as you know, I'm going to make you score this song. So, okay. out, out of 10, all right, out of 10, and anything in between is okay, uh, decimals uh, are okay. Out out of ten, in the realm of they might be giant songs, where would how would you score rhythm section one to ten? So I'm gonna ask. So one's like the worst song I've ever heard. Wouldn't wouldn't recommend it to anybody. And then ten's like 
this is probably the greatest in my ears I've ever heard. You need to hear this before you die. So this tends the best. Well, you, well, you can say, yeah, 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 yeah. And you, I mean, uh, most of it seems like we've pretty much decided, my guess, that it's within the world of they might be giants. It's not like you don't have to compare it, oh, compare yeah, it to like yeah, let it exactly. be or something like that. You know, so like for me, like ten is Doctor Worm. That's what I'm stacking up. Okay, to. It's ten is Doctor Worm. Then what would one be for you? My ten is Doctor Worm. <laughs> oh, jeez, I don't know. I don't know. The, right. the lowest score, uh, the lowest score I've given to a song that's aired so far is Black Ops. I gave uh, five point nine. That's the lowest I've given. <laughs> All right. Well, let's answer the question. I'd probably go remember section one ahead. A six out of ten. I will say, really, I really liked listening to it as a kid, or uh, not as a kid. I guess I was still a kid, but uh, you're still a kid. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I to guess. Me. <laughs> um, whatever. Just it's so fast. I just, I, I mean, those old songs, like I could never figure out what they were saying. But I really, really loved the powerhouse section. I guess probably like my favorite moment in any of They Might Be Giant songs. Um, wow. But so the fast yeah. lyrics are bringing it down, they're bringing it down in the points because the yeah. lyrics are too fast? And I guess that's just me oh. thinking because like I'm just too lazy to go look up lyrics. And I mean, to this day, there's still like <laughs> They Might Be Giant songs that like, like I love my body. I could never understand what he was saying, the bat repellent soap. Like I uh-huh. didn't know what he was saying there. And now he says like Dr. Bronner soap when they sing it live. Which Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Middle of road. Okay. okay. <laughs> to me, this is a solid nine. Solid nine. This one, I mean, you know, I've been listening to them for a long time, and uh, I went back to that first album pretty early on. Like as soon as I got into Apollo eighteen, I went back and I got then. Um, a couple of years later, well, it would have been a couple of years. I feel like I heard, no, it, it was sooner than that. But, uh, anyway, I've, I've, this song has been with me for a long time and I love how aggressive it is. Uh, it, I think it kind of stands alone in that, like I was saying, it's not really one that you have to really dig to figure out what they're getting at. I mean, the reference is obviously there was some stuff that, some stuff that I even had to look up back in the day. I mean, I didn't know who millions of dead cops were when I was 14. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't into stuff that hard. Um, but like the message is really clear, um, which is, is rare for they might be giants. Usually you have to dig a little bit like songs like, um, uh, racist friend. And like, there's some other ones like they're, they've got some, a couple like political, like social type songs. Um, um, but other than that, usually it's kind of like, hmm, I wonder what this is about. Uh, but for this one, you're not wondering what it is about. It is like their declaration oh, yeah. of uh, we we are a powerful band, just the two of us. And while they did go ahead and get a rhythm section uh, just you know a few years later, I still think it's a very powerful kind of mission statement and a good way to cap off the first album. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, telling the world, this is the band, it's the Johns, that this is what you're getting. And so I'm giving it a 9, which of the songs, I think that makes it the third highest song I've ranked so far, I think. Have I given anything else over a 9? I'm trying not to be too crazy about giving, uh, uh, I've only given the 110 to Dr. Worm. So 
Uh, maybe there was something else that got over a nine. I need to keep track of this. <laughs> so, um, is there anything, any projects you're doing that you want to plug? You want to plug any other videos you got going or anything like that uh, for our listeners to check out? Uh, I guess if you ever have anything you want to see me play, it doesn't even have to be the Happy Giants. You know, you could message me or I guess tweet at me. I guess I could plug my social media links. So my in- Instagram is Matt, M-A-T-T, underbar O, underbar drums. And then my Twitter is, uh, I think it's Dr. Underbar Worm 1818. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. He likes to I play guess, the drums. Yes. <laughs> I guess uh, I don't live too far away from home from here at college. So whenever I go home on the weekend, I usually just record some songs i guess some songs i want to do are i recently heard the demo for bangs so i really want to do that one. Oh, and uh great song hovering sombrero that demo and the doctor worm demo is pretty cool so a lot of demos i guess and then i think it'll be really fun to do would be the boss of me so the malcolm in the middle theme that of probably course. is like my favorite that probably is my favorite theme epic giant song oh really wait yeah. was that so you, you didn't mention that in the the your history with the band so that 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 was not like one of the first songs you heard no i well, think for a lot of I, people it was so i guess in the scheme of malcolm in the middle i guess i was really young when it was airing and like by the time yeah. i saw it it was off the air and it was on netflix so i like uh, remember hearing the theme song i didn't know it was by the method giants yet but right right so. man growing up with spotify and netflix and everything I, like, at your fingertips giants, i was like yeah, they yeah, they did pretty much everything from what Marty was saying. Cuz yeah. he came in the band, if you haven't heard the full episode, he came in the band uh after they had recorded the theme. So Dan Hickey's on the theme, um but then he was in there doing most of the the music for the run of the show. So he he's on uh, he's the one drumming on most of the stuff that's within the show. Hmm. Interesting. Marty, I didn't know that. yeah. Yep, yep, I didn't either. That's why it was cool to talk to him. All right, so um, I guess that'll do it for this episode. People can follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod, uh, Facebook.com slash This Might Be a Podcast. Uh, email me at This Might Be a Pod <clears throat> at Gmail and leave us some voicemails. Leave me a voicemail at 224. You know, you think I'd have this memorized by now. Uh, let's see. What the hell is it? Call me at 224-801-2930. You can text me at that, too. I know no one likes talking on the phone anymore. You can send texts or tweets or whatever, you know. Tell me what you think about uh, uh, this episode here with Matt. Rhythm section want add uh, the song, the episode, whatever. Let us know what you think. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you, Matt, for being on the show. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me, Greg. It was my pleasure. All righty. See you later. Slide to the rhythm